Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind or those searching for a better way to live. Rich and Susan Kallenberg found freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago. In the series, The Temple of the Mind, Part 2, they examine motives, our tendencies to judge others, and the dangers that lie ahead for God's people so all can have prepared hearts and minds to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. Take every thought captive, now, on Freedom to Choose. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose uh, and our new series, The Temple of the Mind, Part 2. And if you're keeping score at home, it is program number 24, and it is, and the title of this is going to be Lay Not Up for Yourselves, Treasure Upon Earth. And before we get going, Susan, would you open with a word of prayer? Because I'm pretty excited about today's program, and we've got a lot to cover. Okay, Lord, we just thank you once again for an opportunity to open your word and to um, better understand your overall design principles and your um, desire for each one of our lives to be free from bondage and uh, to share the good news about you and to be prepared for your soon coming and uh, we just pray that you help us to um, be a positive force in that direction for people as well as for ourselves. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, once again, th- this program, The Temple of the Mind, Part 2, we're going to be dealing with motives and why do we judge others and all these types of things that um, we do as people um, and what God wants us to do and why he wants us to be that way. And um, basically, the temple of the mind, the mind temple is where the Holy Spirit resides. Mm -hmm. And in order for the Holy Spirit, for us to think clearly and to be a home for the Holy Spirit so that God, remember, we don't use God, God uses us. Mm -hmm. And if we're hearing his voice clearly, then we're able to do his will. Right. Is that right? So now you you had a little diagram that that you had on the back of the page, and I think it would be a good time to talk about it because we're talking about we're talking about motives, and we're talking about judging others, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit residing in each one of us. And so the text is lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, Matthew six nineteen. Now isn't it interesting that it doesn't say lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven in this text? It says, hmm. don't lay up your treasures on earth. Why? Because our natural inclination is to go after earthly things. Mm-hmm. We have a spiritual nature, right. and we have a carnal nature. And for us hum- fallen human beings, the, the, it's like you were saying earlier. It's, it's that battle. It's upside down. The spiritual nature should be ruling, and the carnal nature should be subject to the spiritual nature. But it's upside down for us human beings. 
And we, a lot of times, let our carnal nature rule. We get angry. We get jealous. We get prideful. And remember, the three the three things that will get us, the three faculties of the mind that get us is the, um, is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride. Right. Right? And when those faculties rule, the spiritual nature goes out. Re- our, our sense of reasoning and our conscience goes out the window. Mm-hmm. See, and so what we're talking about, in order for the Holy Spirit to reside, we need this, thing, this, this mind temple positioned and structured properly where we are hearing, we're constant communication with God, and we're hearing his voice. So when God says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, treasures laid up on earth won't survive. That's a, that's a given. We know that. And, and what is the difference, the question I would ask, what is the difference between earthly treasure and heavenly treasure? Because Jesus also says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Treasures laid up on earth is going to engross the mind to the exclusion of heavenly things. Well, we need to find we need to define what is earthly and what is heavenly treasure, right? Right. right. Um, the love of money at that time of Jesus' time was ruling the passion. Worldliness had usurped the place of God and religion, and it's the same thing today. Mm-hmm. Materialistic greed for wealth exerts its fascinating, bewitching influence over all of our lives, mm-hmm. that it can result in perverting the nobility and corrupting the humanity of people until they were doomed. Yeah. You know, we're just doomed by our by our desire to, to have it easy in this world. Okay, and that's, that's the interesting—that's the—, the the dichotomy is because we we're supposed to work, we're supposed to earn money, we're supposed to save, we're supposed to return tithe, and maybe there's a hint in that last phrase, return tithe. Why don't we say? Why do we say return tithe instead of pay tithe? Because the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It's all God's, and if we can remember that, it will help us look through the proper lens when we are looking at our financial motives. And all of that kind of stuff. Right. And I think that principle can really teach someone who hasn't had a, a foundation of um, understand, you know, the, that design principle, you, you, um, you give more than, you know, you, you, you give, give and then re- you yeah. receive. Then you receive. That's right. how God's universe exactly. operates. And he says, if you're a giver, you're going to be taken care of. Right. So I don't think it's just about um, like gold and money and retirement and properties and thing. I think it also has to do with our character. Yeah. You know, are we giving our treasures or are we, you know, holding them into ourselves? Do right. we make a point of, um, you know, we may not have any money, but maybe we, we have a compassionate heart or we can do something to alleviate, you know, someone else's cares, you mm-hmm. know, in this world, whether it be through prayer or whatever it may be, a mm-hmm. phone call, mm-hmm. you know, so are we, are we sharing those treasures right, as well? Right, right. And, so, and, and it, so we can talk a little bit about the carnal nature because really what 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 drives it well it's it's full of care perplexity hard labor and treasure that we all work so hard to accumulate on earth and we only have it for a short right. time so it's right. so much worry Our i mean carnal I, nature wants that everything to be right make sure there's no problems make sure i got enough money i got enough food just all that stuff and we'll do anything to focus and to spend all of our energy on that and we lose the rest of life right right and Jesus said, no, and lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven 
where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the instruction is to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You gave us a hint on what that might be when you said the word character. Mm -hmm. Because remember when he said, when he said to the Pharisees that they were in bondage? Right. And they said, we're not in bondage to anyone. Jesus was talking about character. Right. When you're, when you are a slave of sin, that is a character defect. In other words, you have habits and, and inclinations that are against the way the universe operates, mm-hmm. and they will drag you down. Right. And when we are so focused on earthly things, especially that infection of fear and selfishness that causes us to protect ourselves at other people's costs, mm-hmm. that's character defect. And we will do anything to numb that pain. Well, and it's op- it's not just a character defect. It is opposite of God's it's, design yeah, principle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing with those, you know, like when you talk about um, evaporation and water and everything, there are principles that, and, and, and laws, if you want to call them laws that regulate, you know, the, the cycle of rain and evaporation. And so one of those things, that's the same thing is that you can't be thinking about yourself and still have treasure in heaven. Right. And, it, and it's against it. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing is because our nature wants us to remember, and I like to always go back to the Garden of Eden when I want to talk about our nature. Adam is made in the image of God, and he's got a celestial robe of light, and Eve comes up to him with this fruit, and he loves her so much that he says, oh boy, I love her so much, and she took a bite of that, man. And so he loves her so much, he he goes ahead and he, he takes the fruit, right? Right. He takes the fruit, right. and he bites and then immediately something happened. So the way I see it, I don't mean to interrupt, is that you had your he had the spiritual nature, yes, right, it was and the ruling, car- yeah. that was ruling his mind, and he went against his conscience, and he broke his connection with God mm-hmm. because he he knew he shouldn't do that because God said, "There's an enemy at that tree. Right. Don't trust the enemy." And God said, trust me, and he broke trust with God. He didn't break a rule. He broke trust with God. God said, there's an enemy at the tree. Don't trust that enemy. And so Adam, when he broke trust with God, what did he do immediately? He had an infection. He got an infection of fear and selfishness. And now he started blaming everybody else. The woman that you gave me. If it wasn't for you and it wasn't for the woman, I'd have been all right. Right. Right? Right. And so we inherited that, and so we begin to protect ourselves at anyone else's cost. Right. So instead of saying, well, my choices, I have to be accountable for my choices and the consequences of those choices. And when those consequences came of him not trusting God, he's like, well, it's not my fault. Right. It's your fault. Yeah. So you, 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 like you say, you come into this fear mode, and you're, then the carnal nature, what we were talking about earlier, is just large and in charge. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's where and that's so that's what happens with sin. Yeah, that's the bondage that Jesus is talking about to the Pharisees, is they were can they were so afraid that he was going to disrupt the economy, disrupt their uh, religion that that fear drove every one of their decisions on how they treated him. 
Right. So it's not about just um, breaking a rule and doing something wrong. Making those decisions actually has consequences to our own brains and our own hearts. Right. And it, and it not only does it, uh, it's a breach of trust. I liken it to the marriage, right? I, I, I don't stop at strip bars because Susan says don't. It will cause damage to me and our marriage. Well, it is kind of an underlying rule. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, but it's not, you know, it's not right. written on the whiteboard. No. It's, <laughs> yeah. No, but you don't because that's a breach of trust. Right. It's not a breaking of a rule. It's right. a breach of trust. That's what sin exactly. is. Sin is a breach of trust. You look at the Ten Commandments. Each one of them is a breach of trust. Don't steal. That's a breach of trust. Mm-hmm. Don't kill. That's a breach of trust. Honor your father and mother. If you don't, you're breaching their trust. Mm -hmm. And you can go right down the Ten Commandments, and each one of them is a, if you break them, is a breach of trust. That's what sin is. It goes deeper than rules. Right. But when we treat them as rules and we try to be good little boys and girls and keep the rules and miss the fact that when when I gossip... I'm breaching trust of that person. Right. I'm We're gossip. so caught up in the rules that, that we don't even understand what our true nature is. Right, and, and, and so then when you do that, you feed that nature and you strengthen that part, which should not be strengthened, but mm-hmm. which should be starved. I remember a guy told a metaphor once about that old nature should be put in a coffin. Right. Right, and every morning you get up and you talk to God and you throw another nail in that coffin. Right. And you go around that coffin and you keep nailing that lid On shut every, lid. Yep. every day, every time you pray, every time you do a, a, an act to help somebody, you're throwing another nail in that coffin. But every, you know, what we want to do once a week is pry that lid up and slip that guy a sandwich. Keep him and alive. And we just keep him alive, right? right? And that's that's what we do. Right. We don't know why we do it, but we're constantly in that wrestle. And, that, you know, Paul in Romans 7, the good that I want to do, that I don't do. And the, the bad that I don't want to do, that's what I do. Thank God there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus because he knows I'm going through this struggle. Right. And he's going to help me through it. Right. And if I assimilate his character, in other, in other words, if I keep my eyes and my ears and my prayer life connected with him, I will be changed. By beholding him, I will be changed and into his image. And that's what faith is all about. And right. that's laying a treasure up in heaven. Exactly. So it's for our own interest to secure heavenly riches, right? Because we have a part to play in yes. that grand scheme of things. Yes. Are we going to operate our lives like the beings do in heaven, or are we going to operate our lives like the rec- this reckless world does, running around, going after the next shiny, dangling thing? I mean, I mean that's that's what it, it it is, and it's like living moment to moment, yeah, with no hope for a future. You know, there's a difference between pleasure and happiness. Mm-hmm. Those dangly, shiny things mm-hmm. they'll bring you a little bit of pleasure. But the happiness that one gets from doing the right thing mm-hmm. and that, you know, that sense that, you know, I did the right thing today in that engagement when that person was upset with me, I did the right thing. I treated him with dignity and respect, even though I didn't agree with them right. or what have you. And there's that's where that's, that's a the, reward. Yeah, you that's a, laying right. a treasure up in heaven. And that's the, the things that Jesus was telling the Pharisees. You're in bondage and you don't even know it. Right. You know, I remember... I remember that you told a metaphor uh, one time about uh, God asking, bringing you up to heaven and, and then saying, Susan, you can go back down and live your life over again as your abuser or as yourself. Mm-hmm. What do you choose? Myself. You would choose, you choose your life over your abuser's life. Why? Because of the damage that happens when you abuse someone. Right. The damage that happens to you. 
that's gossip. That you, you, gossip does damage just as you know what I'm saying. Right. See, and so I don't think we understand. And when we're angry with someone, and, and we we hold those resentments, it does brain damage to to us. Right. So I think overall, that's kind of what we're trying to get to in this series is to really say, um, you know, we do have. We are a vessel for the Holy Spirit. We have a mind that something is going to occupy that mm, space. Yes, yes. Right? And yes. so do we, are we half and half? I guess everybody says, well, you can't be half and half. But, you know, we can go to church and be holier than thou and everything, but then, you know, the next day be talking bad about someone. So it's a matter of um, of recognizing what's going on in that space. Yeah, and, and the only way... See, we can self-diagnose, right. you know, when you, I've done that before. I, 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 you know, I Google it, find out what, you know, what's going on. And then all well, this but, horror sits in and then I go to the doctor and it's nothing. Right. But, I mean, I, I, but the scripture says all have fallen short of the glory. I, 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 so we've yeah. all been diagnosed. We've all, all, been, we, all yeah, have fallen short. We've all, yeah. Right. Yeah. And just Jeremiah 17, 9 says, right. The heart is deceitful above all things and right. desperately sick. Right. I remember I had. I, I had high blood pressure, what was it, about three months ago, right? Yes. And and or four months ago. And so I call a doctor and I'm in a state of panic. I go, There's nothing I could do, doc. I'm doing everything right. Doctor says, Well, are you drinking coffee? Mm, mm-hmm. I said, Well, yeah, but I, I, I was okay for Whoa, Well, wait a minute. We switched our coffee up. And I, and I found out that the, the, uh, the caffeine content in the new coffee was uh, just a wee bit high. And so anyway, since then, I've been able to, you know, uh, cut all the coffee out. My blood pressure's back down where it was supposed to be. But I was self-diagnosing right. and saying, there's nothing else I can do. You're ready I'm, to I'm have really, a stroke. I'm really afraid. And you're ready to have a stroke, right? right. Ready to have a heart attack, a heart attack or... over worrying about <laughs> the blood pressure. So it was, so, but, but this is what happens. Right. We, we look at our symptoms, our psychological symptoms, and say, oh, this is what I need. I need that pill. Right. Or this is what I need. I need to go chew Instead that person out. Instead of going out. to the physician. Exactly. Where you could experience pain. You might get pain and you might get a prescription you don't want. Right. You know, and this is what, you know, we, we, we draw that parallel to go into the doctor. The doctor, we can go to the doctor. The doctor will diagnose us and the doctor will also hopefully give us a remedy. Right. Sometimes that remedy comes in a bottle. Sometimes it comes in a surgery, sometimes, whatever. We can choose not to take the remedy. Mm-hmm. We can drive down out of that parking lot after going to the pharmacy and throw that bottle right out the window and not take the remedy. Right. What's going to happen? More pain, more misery, possibly death. Unresolved you, illness. Unresolved illness. Yeah. And this is why we need to, that connection with God, mm-hmm. constant connection with God. Right. Lay that treasure up in heaven. Exactly. Um, so it's for our own interest— we already talked about the shiny, dangly things, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, we did, we did. So the disciples of Christ are called his jewels, his precious and peculiar treasure. He says, they shall be as stones of a crown. I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the gold wedge, golden wedge of Ophir. That's in Zechariah and Isaiah. Yeah, now here we go again, because here we have another metaphor. Now metaphors, remember, metaphors have to point to a reality. So what is gold, uh, 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 what is making a man more precious than fine gold? What is gold a metaphor in the, in the, in the purifying, Bible? Purifying it's, the it's character. It's a pure character. Yes. 
And so we see this over and over. They shall be as stones in a crown, and I will make man more precious than fine gold. It's a, it's a metaphor for a person that has the fruits of the Spirit. These people have good motives, not selfish motives. These people are not as concerned with their fear and selfishness as they are with other people's fear and selfishness and how to help them with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Right. Jesus looks upon his people and their purity as a reward of all, all of his sufferings, his humiliation, and his love. Jesus is the great center from whom radiates all glory. Our reward is that we are made new, alive, and we are no longer letting our carnal natures rule, rule us. Yeah, and you know, this is why 12-step programs work so good. All they are is a, a step-by-step character change. Mm-hmm. Get a sponsor. The next thing you know, you're a sponsor. Right. You're helping others. Right. Go through your resentments and your fears. Right. Go. You make a list of them. Right. Deal with them. Because te- step step twelve is to go and share the message. Exactly. Right? Because that's you can't you can't keep it unless you give it you away. You cannot keep it so unless you give it away. So how many of us that do have a message of love for this time in this world? How many of us are carrying through that last step? You know, we've got it for ourselves. You know, and we're nurturing our. So, but are we carrying it to people that don't have it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are we? C- more concerned about other people's character defects than we are our own. Right. That's the danger, because it is so easy. See, you judge other people by... Your standard. Well, (laughs) by by what you see, right? Right. But we judge ourselves by our... Intentions. Intentions, (laughs) right? Right. Well, I, you know, I had good intentions. Right. So, you know, if we ever saw a replay... Of us engaging, because, you know, I, I have that every once in a while. I go, man, I did not treat Susan very well. And I, I know I was very tired, whatever, make an excuse in the world. But, you know, if I, I don't, I don't want to see that replay. Right. Uh, of when I got home at work and just stared into space. I don't want to see that replay. Um, but, but it's easy to judge other people because we judge them on what we see. Mm-hmm. We judge ourselves on our intentions. Right. And so that's why Jesus is saying, you, you know, you, you got to deal with yourself and you got to get that beam out of your own eye. And the only way to do that is to, to get with God and tell him, you know, if you don't see it in yourself, at least ask him what's there. Right. Tell me, remember David, search my heart. Right. Find, if you find any wicked way in me. Search and, it. And the thing is, is God already knew. God already happened. knows. That, that prayer was for David. Right. It wasn't for God. Right. It was for David. Our prayers are for ourselves. Our prayers are not to bring God down to our level. Our prayers are to hopefully engage us in a, in a, higher, um, in a higher atmosphere. And I mean that in two ways, to take us up to God's level. That's right. what he wants. He wants our spiritual nature to rule us. And it's funny because I think all of us agree that this earth isn't, isn't making it. Do you no, know what I no, mean? No, it is really going downhill fast. And, um, you know, you stop and you think about all those people who don't have a good understanding of who God is and what his character is like. And, you know, it, it's kind of hard to to see that happening. Yeah. How can you survive in this world without having that hope that it's no that it, this is going to be done and over with and things are going to be different. Yeah, and and that understanding that God only wants us to know. I remember when I got clean and sober, I was carrying a bag, around a bag of garbage that was so heavy. Mm-hmm. And as I got closer and closer to God, I began pulling out pieces of that garbage. 
and that bag got lighter and lighter and lighter. But but you you seem to a, a person can accumulate so much garbage that it's almost overwhelming. Right. And that you don't you, you almost make a decision. You know, I'm so messed up. Why try? Right. Don't worry about it. God right. is way bigger than that. Right. He's way bigger because than that. Because he's been there all along waiting. And it matters not right. what, how messed up, how big. I don't care if you can't budge that bag. Right. God will help you pull this. He'll get in there and help you pull that garbage out of there. That's right. It's just we got to meet it head on. It's not to bring God down to our level. It's to inch us up towards him. Absolutely. And, and that's what God wants. And God, you know, God wants to hear from you. And he wants to hear what troubles you. And he wants to hear what makes you happy. And he also wants to know what he can do for you to help you to not be into bondage. Right. We have to tell him that. Right. And don't self-medicate, right? Right. Got to go. Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy Thank you for listening to the Temple of the Mind Part 2 on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Thank you for listening, and remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Power and glory for